December 6, 2023, it's a Waffle Pedro show. I think the majority of musicians are, are interested in truth. You know, they well, they got to be because uh, uh, thing a musical thing is, is a truth. If you play a, make a statement, a musical statement, and it's a valid statement, that's a truth right there in itself, you know. And if you play something phony, well, you know, that's phony, you know. And, all musicians are striving for that near perfection as they can get, mm-hmm. and uh, that's truth there, you know. And so, in order to uh, play those kind of things, play truth, you've got to uh, live with as much truth as you possibly can, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the that religious. If a guy is religious, and I think we. If he's searching for good, he wants to live a good life. Um, he might call it religious, or he might not call himself religious. Maybe he's after to live a good life. But a religious man would call him, he said, well, that man is a religious man, he lives a good life. So, quite a few musicians um, think about it. I've talked with quite a few of them. was a troop of gypsy-like folk who tranced about their wooded cove. They played up a show for whomever would go, then pack up and away they did roll. Medieval knights and ladies in tights pranced their way through the village green. But if one tired of that, if it felt like old hat was a whole other side to be seen, they were short to be sure, but they held such a lore, they were living the great elfin dream. Side, you could hear all the cries of delight and of fun and of glee. Twas the merriest, jovial, robust band of elves that ever a one could to see. And they danced holding hands while they won over fans with their diminutive but oversized ways. And the people all gaped because they could not relate to the miniature on delays. There was Johnny and Corbin and Lucy Garlu, Santo, Marco T and Capone. The Lafraya, Jacob, Fertility, Ape, and Sally Manella de Bone. Let's not forget Portnoy or Gibby or Gap and Preeminent and Curly Octone. So many were they, several dozen they say, and the fair was the only life known. One pair of good friends, teeny tiny bookends, are the focus of our mythical tale. Raja Dean and Fionn, thickest thieves since they're born, the friendship, the holiest grail. And the things between the elves themselves were always pristine and serene. The state of affairs at the Renaissance Fair was no good Cause the talls were so mean Cause the talls were the kings and the elves just nothings And unquestionable 
lash out and whip them like dogs They would use them for blowing off steam And instead of the cash that they should have been paid Compensation was low self-esteem The line it was drawn, this was no way to live It was time that they must take a stand And fight for the eternal mistreatment of elves To come to a swift, abrupt end Live for Pedro Show, happy Wednesday. Start off the show, John Coltrane telling August Bloom on June 15, 1958 that he thinks the majority of musicians are into the truth. Then we had the mentally regarded with Renaissance and Fair, which is the first part of this huge piece. We're going to talk with Dave. Oh yeah, I have to tell you, I'm not in man alone mode because of those software engineers from Estonia with their scab invention. I got Dave from the mentally regarded here. Welcome aboard, Dave. Thank you so much for having me, Watt. I appreciate it, man. Now, tell me about this piece. Well, so this is, uh, I am currently in New Jersey right now, but I I came out, I'm a filmmaker. I have two feature films to my credit, and I came out there uh, to Los Angeles specifically to make my third feature, which was going to be a psychedelic horror movie. And on the way out there, financing fell apart. So I come out there, I'm fucking depressed. I'm trying to drown myself in uh, variously between overeating and uh, long distance running. And then my friend Joe, who I started the podcast Discography with. He calls me up one day. For whatever reason, I remember the exact circumstances of where I was, kind of like how people remember 112263. And I remember Joe calling me and saying, Hey, man, you want to make a rock opera? And because my friend Joe is a prodigy. He plays every single instrument, plays it well. He's a professional musician, uh, does very, very well for himself, has been on every late night talk show, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he's got his own studio. He's got every instrument. I said, how about a triple album rock opera about an elfin journey that's uh, influenced by some of the Roger Dean Yes stuff, like Topographic Oceans, but without the bloat, just with a story, a story that doesn't fucking fall apart like every rock opera. By side two, they say, fuck the concept. Let's just do a bunch of tunes. But the idea was stick with it. So like, you know, like 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 surgically influenced children's movies from the early 70s, like Yellow Submarine and The Point, to do something like that that harkened back to when we trusted kids' psyches with these fucked up, um, you know, trippy images. Like uh, Sid and Marty Croft. That the kind Point, of you're talking about, I think Harry Nilsson made that for his son. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. So, so the idea behind this was pretty simple. It's one of those records, it's a triple album, and only two albums are finished. It's not commercially available yet. It's going to go up on uh, patreon.com slash discography on February 14th on Valentine's Day. I'm going to do an episode on discography about it. But these songs were, you know, the funniest thing about this project is that when I tell people about it, they look at me like, oh, you poor thing. You've been wasting your time fucking around with a Tascam 4 track. But the funny thing about it is it's so fucking produced that when people hear it, they'll look on their face it melts from, you know, you know, like uh, the sympathy look to like jaw agape kind of thing, whether or not you like it. Now, with the concept record, you kind of need a concept. Yeah, yeah. And well, what is it? <laughs> okay, so here's what I did to make sure the concept carried through. First thing I did, because I'm a filmmaker, I created the entire plot. Then I broke it all up into pieces the pieces became the songs i figured out the sides where it would work and there'd be a symmetry and then each 
song, depending on what was going on in the narrative, Joe and I would work backwards and figure out what genre would best represent it, which is why the first fucking three songs are a Renaissance Fair ballad into a fucking metal song into a torch song. It's just, it's all over the place. It's a genre. For me, it ain't all over the place because music's music. Fuck that genre shit. We talked about this in your show. You understand that. You get it. Right. It's a device, right, to tell your story. But that's what I want to know. What is the bottom line of the the concept that's underneath that stayed consistent? Well, you got two records, right? A third one's going to come. Yeah, so, so, and this is unique, I think, because the double album is coming out. The double album is finished, but it was always intended to be a triple. And when the double comes out, if there's enough interest, or actually, regardless, we're going we're gonna to throw up a Kickstarter and try to crowdfund the third record. Because, okay, so let me explain the concept before I get to the third record. Um, so, uh, basically, it is a... Um, Hold on, let me actually get to this uh, thing here. I'm going to like refer back uh, to the liner notes here. So the album, it's basically focuses on a friendship. Okay, so, and they're elves. Everybody is elves. They don't call each other elves. They call each other smalls. And then what? You and I are talls. Okay, so the album focuses on a group of two lifelong elfin friends and a whole bunch of elves that work at a renaissance fair. This is where they're employed and they're treated like fucking shit. Squalid conditions, just garbage. First song is called Renaissance Unfair. There you go. And then so, uh, you know, they rally together with the rest of the elves to strike, they, they throw a strike for better treatment, and they're laughed, they're laughed out of the place derisively. So totally dejected, inspired to, to seek a better life, they've heard about this mythical land called Elfarmony, and... They shove off in the dead of night to search for this mythical land. They don't even know if it exists, but they're just hoping, you know, wishing upon a star that it does. And smalls in this world, everything's flipped. They're seen as gods and the talls are like slaves to them. Uh, So the six LP sides detail their various psychedelic misadventures on the way to their destination, including a detour into the land of the captive sun, and the whole thing is centered around a falling out between the two friends. So there's Raja Dean, which of course is based on Roger Dean. Raja Dean is the main character and the, the leader. And then Fjorn. So Fjorn splits from the pack of elves to become a dark overlord and besets them with all kinds of hardships at every turn. And then the third album that has not been worked on yet is unique in the annals of music history, I believe, in that the first side has 10 two-minute songs and the second side has one 20-minute song. Whoa. So now this first part we played, Renaissance Unfair. Yeah. Was it composed first? Did you do this thing sequentially? We did, yeah, we, we've worked on the whole thing sequentially. It started in 2008, so for the last 15 years, most of the 15 years, to be fair, it was all the bullshit of life getting in the way. Uh, you know, family, getting married, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, life kind of happened, got in the way, and, and work petered out on it after two records. But we've been doing it sequentially, and the way that our 
partnership works is even though it sounds like there's a thousand people on there, every instrument is Joe, every single instrument. Um, I don't play on it because it's pointless. He's he's so proficient at everything. But I sing on half of it. I co-wrote every song and um, and I wrote all the lyrics and the plot. Now, Manly Regarded, that's the name of the the proj, right? Or the, the troop? Or you and Joe? That's our, that's our band name. Yeah. Okay, okay. And this first part, Renaissance Unfair, that's kind of like you described in the plot. It's a situation that's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, and Rise yeah. Up is like they're going to do something about it, right? That's, that's the, the second part. That's yeah, what I, I want to play that right now. Second part.
come you don't take us seriously? You point and laugh, then turn your backs. And we stand here, our heads hanging down, wishing we could take the whole thing back. We did our best to be recognized. But it didn't work, at least we tried. You owe yourself at least that much before you go and die inside. Strike one, it's when you stood up to the fire inside. But your clock struck two, then you struck out, and your spirit died. We'll sing and dance and do. Stuff the way little folk are meant to do. After all, we make dolls happy, pretending we don't have a clue. And the contempt that they heap on us reassures us they really care. The alternative's too much to bear Strike one It's when you stood up To the fire inside But your clock struck too Then you struck out And your spirit
Watch for Pedro Show That Chunky Music. Start off part two. Mentally regarded. Rise up. What's the whole piece called? The whole piece is called Elf Harmony. And Elf, Elf Harmony, Harmony people. Is obviously like Elf Harmony, but, you know, very slight twist on that. And it's a mythical land. Right. It's that, the place they're headed for. They, what they want to get out of that fucking bullshit and live a better life in Elf Harmony. Okay, yeah, exactly. this is Rise yeah, Up. After that, object that it exists. Yeah, okay. After that was L7, not the number one people, but the one with the letters. This had Larissa on guitar, Ann Arbor. She had a band with John called Laughing Hyenas. This was before that. Dearly missed. Mentally regarded after that. Now, this is part three. This is Strikeout. This one I'm super proud of. This, uh, so... Uh, strike, um, rise up and strike out are both me singing, but the plaintive vocal kind of effect on strike out is it was a really fucked, it was a fucked up time in my life. I was pretty depressed, and I think it comes out, even though I'm, you know, sometimes if you can inhabit something as dumb and offhanded as, you know, a narrative about an elf, you can really inhabit it with emotional honesty because it's so different from your own fucking, from your own stupid shit. Yep. Okay. And then MSSV with Pillow Talk. And then part four. <laughs> part four, Mentally Regarded. Elf Harmony. The, I guess the, what do you, what do you call it? The, the, the title song, huh? Yeah, yeah. Elf yeah. Harmony. So it's almost like Espanol. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And we, we call it the sausage grinder. So we would think like, what's the, what's the leap off point here and then try to change it. And for this one, it was a Vince Guaraldi peanuts thing. Ah, okay. Uh, Lorraine Lucier after that with trans disfigures waltz number three. And finally part five of Elf Harmony. Into the inky black night, mentally regarded. So, what about this part? Is this where they said this is when they sally forth? This is exactly what that is. This is where they sally forth, and this is uh, a site. It's kind of a psychedelic, quasi instrumental, uh, really fucking creepy, and there's theremin on it. Now, you say you wrote all the words. Yeah. Now, would you present like when each part came up? Like, for example, this fifth part into the Inky Black Night. Did you give him the words and, hey, imagine this with sounds. You want to bring some theremin? Or what? Tell me. I wasn't there. Yeah, well, because, you know, basically from the outset, we knew what the whole thing was going to be because the plot. Of course, of course. But how was it going to be manifested? That's what I mean. Slice it up into pieces, almost like note cards for a movie. And then each note card or what have you, you work backwards from song genre and you figure out a way to unlock the key to that, you know, the emotional life of the song, as you know way better than me. You mean, it, before you gave them lyrics, you gave them a description of this part? Yeah, and sometimes, you know, what we would do watch just to, in that? the interest of honesty. Strikeout was, we took a song that gave us a similar emotional effect. We We changed the chords, but we kept the vibe and use that as the foundation. And then once we had built on top of it, we pulled out the foundation and changed that all around. Well, I love the ambiguity of a title like that, because 
they want to go, you know, fuck this place, this labor situation, a horrible strike. But it also means, you know, an endeavor, Sally Forth. Yeah. It's a great play on words. So, so did some of these parts, like, begin with a title? And then you body, like, I'm curious between you and Joe, Joe with the, the instruments and you with the spiel. Yeah, yeah. How, so, which informed so, which, you know? This is the, the process about it. Before we even sat down to write anything, in 2008, when I came to him, all the song titles were there. And oh, descript- okay. And descriptions of each song and what the lyrical focus focus would be. Okay. What, like the gist, right? They were not actually fleshed out yet. So in, in a way, uh, like, because you're a filmmaking kind of tradition, a storyboard, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. That's why it was so easy to do it. And so that's how I was able to ensure that it wasn't like, you know, uh, Ogden's not gone flake where it's like the first side. Oh, yeah. That's uh, and then uh, small faces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Small faces. And then by the B side, they're like, ah, we can't extend this concept. Same with, you know, this is like a hysterical but repeating tradition of rock history where they give up the concept. Right. But yeah. I wanted to safeguard against that, you know, I'm not making show tunes here, but I just wanted to make sure that that it's it's intended eventual state is a children's animated cartoon, whether or not it ever gets there. But um, to ensure it's uh, it's possible eventual arrival in that state, it would have to be a, co- a cohesive storyline. And did Joe make demos for you? No, no, no. No, Joe. whatever Joe came up with, that's what you went with. I'm telling you, when yeah. I say Joe's a prodigy, it's just pointless to do demos. Everything's yeah, yeah, on, yeah. No, I, no I, I was just curious, because I remember I wasn't there, so I'm just yeah, curious, yeah. Some, yeah, especially so every, on the process. Studio. We would we would write in the studio, because it's not a rented studio. We weren't running down studio hours. Right. So, um, And then as a natural outgrowth of El Farmony, that's when... You know, Joe and I, you know, we'd kind of, because of family stuff, kind of halted work on the project and, you know, always looking for an excuse to hang out. And sometimes you need a project when you got, you know, two two guys who both have little kids. You got to, like, legitimize getting together. So we switched projects, you know. I mean, we we just switched to discography and doing a discography, you know, discography trawls of the, all the great bands that have mattered, including your own, you know, so many of all of your projects have that kind of, um, you know, heft to them. But you and I covered the Minutemen, and it's going to be showing three weeks, uh, three sequ- sequential weeks in December, starting this Friday. I cannot wait. And everyone, all of the Disguise Graffiti fans have been pa- just hammering me, asking me, when the fuck is the series going to be ready already? So, it's uh, we're everyone's really excited about it. Well, that's righteous. Okay, back to the mentally regarded. So you never you never left a part just hanging there when like reality called the little kids or something like, like into the inky black night. You, you until you put it to bed, or or did you? Did some? St- I understand the whole piece had to be started and stopped at different points, but inside of each part. Yeah. Did you take it to where it could, or is it like, hey, this is as far as we can go with it? Hold on. 
do me a favor, rephrase the question. I think I know what you're getting at, but I just want to yeah, make sure. Yeah, but it seems like, okay, if I can call, I'm going to use some uh, analogy here. If I can call the whole Farmony uh, a solar system and each part like a planet, they were a planet at a time or, or were they like mouthfuls of planets? That's a good, man, talk about a brilliant rephrasing. I, I know I understand entirely what you're saying. So uh, it's both. Uh, I wanted to make sure that there was a, and we've, you and I spoke about this, you know, there's the genre signifiers are all tired. You know, music is music. And you and I are definitely on the same page about it. But one thing that was so much fun about it was getting a, an almost synesthetic snapshot of what genre home each piece would live in because then the song it was almost like it was done before we started writing it because the vibe was so thick before we even sat down okay 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 and so and since it is a journey you know you can't stand in the same lake twice right or river right yeah Clytus lightness to that okay so uh into the blacky night. I mean, this is when, you know, they cut rope, right, on the whole fucking old days. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, so Inky Black Night, they're out, and then Afraid of the Dark. Uh, you know, it's it's too late to turn back, basically. And in fact, maybe like kind of an Orpheus trip. You know, if you do look back, you're gonna fuck it up. You yeah, gotta keep yeah, exactly. on keeping on. It's like that thing. You know, I, I don't even know what fucking movie I'm quoting, but, you know, you walk through the door, you shut the door, and then the door disappears behind you, and you're in a different world. Maybe Beyond the Looking Glass with Alice yeah. and shit. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, you know, yeah. the movie, they mixed up the two books. They kind of made them into one. You know, the same thing with The Wizard of Oz. Well, he had like 13 books or something. <laughs> Mr. Yeah, Bob. yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the Narnia thing. There's a, there's definitely a sense of, but the, except for the Narnia thing, which I didn't realize, because as a kid I'm reading this stuff. I'm a ver- voracious reader, but there's all these hidden Christian underpinnings, and you know I, I couldn't care less about shit like that. So, but there's no. No, but religion. you're a guy who works with movie stuff, and then also have your feet in the music world, and you know there's going so, when you go between the two, something's got to give, right? Yeah, well, to me, there's always been a back and forth. It's always been my brain. Well, you know, the the uh, more commonplace is probably books being turned into movies, but like songs being turned into movies. Yeah, that's what you're doing here. That, well, that's that's what I, would be great. I don't want to take on the burden of making the film myself. I'd, even though I, but they're never going to be the same anyway, right? Because they're, they're just two different art forms. Right. Right, but, uh, you know, I'm assuming that they would use the actual music itself. But, you know, it, look, if I could get it to that point. Look, like you fucking I, the Sand Pebbles. The way Hollywood changed that ending, man, if you know the book, it'll just break your heart. Even if you, you know, Steve McQueen in a sailor suit, love it. You, you're a huge <laughs> right? Uh, you <laughs> look, we're at the end of the first hour, December 6, 2023, and this Pedro show. Special guest, Dave, from the Mentally Regarded. I want to wish you a happy Altamont Day. Okay, big love. December 6, 2023, it's the second hour of the Watch from Pedro Show.
Watch for Pedro's show. Start off the second hour. Mentally regarded. Afraid of the dark. Right? The next part. What is that? Uh, part six. We yeah, become the monsters we fear the most. First movement. Yeah. Which is yeah, uh, that... Ed Wine's Terror Strewn Ordeal Orchestra. This uh, from a benefit Randolph and uh, Graham put out for the situation in Gaza. Yeah. After that, uh, mentally regarded with part seven of the Farmony. This is Raja Dean, one of the main characters. And we had the, Noi Suka with Every Day. Patterned after umbrella. And the next one, part eight, mentally regarded. Health ha- hell hath no fury like a fjorn scorn. A little Shakespeare there. <laughs> a shrewish, a little shrewy. <laughs> Verona, right? So I think three of his plays from Verona. Okay, so let's first do uh, Afraid of the Dark. Let's do it. This is Afraid of the like Dark. They're, they're on their mission now. There's no turning back, right? Yeah, and I I really, really like how this song came out. There's a there's a late night paranoia to it and the Marimbas the Marimbas on it, Joe plays wonderfully. Yeah. Uh I I love that he and I both sing together. You have to understand that when I'm talking about it, I'm not talking about it from a place of ego that whenever I have recorded anything on my own, it's always it's always traditionally been a four track thing. So it's a it is a bedroom production. But to hear what Joe has done with it and how he's been able to elevate it, it makes me just as much a fan as a participant. God bless Joe. <laughs> where does he, he live? And you know, which, where does way, Joe live? What's that? Where's Joe live? Joe's out there. Uh, Joe has, California. Yeah, yeah, he's out there. He works uh, all over the fucking place. He's he does soundtrack. Well, work. it's a big state. Is he in SoCal? Yeah, yeah, he's okay. in Long Beach. Oh, Strong Beach. All right, all right. Almost yeah. a neighbor. Fuck. Now tell me about the this uh, tune that's kind of based on one of the characters, Raja Dean. Raja Dean is awesome. There's a Morricone type feel to this one. Sure. There's Trump. It's there's a there's a marching sensation to it. You know. You know uh, Mr. Marconi was a trumpet player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then there's a callback to the. I don't know if you're familiar with Scott Walker's solo work from the from the Walker Brothers, but sure. there's there's certain really really rousing, um, almost like like stampede of horses marching through kind of old western style songs. Yeah. And this is a callback to those like we came through and Jackie, um, and this is just a. You know the 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 first two songs on the second side are tributes to the two main characters, the two friends who had the huge falling out. Well, I guess that's what you mean by a Fjorn scorned. Yeah, exactly. The cat's name is Fjorn, right? Yeah, this is this one is is really up your alley. This has got a hardness to it, and there's a boc type of a deal to this one. Right. This one, I'm fucking shouting the lyrics from the top of my lungs. Yeah. So real- and he he's angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a fucking and, piece what, of shit. What, he's a what, uh, it's not from a misunderstanding. You think this guy's got a little corruption inside his heart? Very much so. I think, you know, this particular guy, it's not like Fjorn... 
it it is not like he's got a glimmer of good spirit inside of him that was snuffed out by you know by a life of you know being wounded or life getting at him i think this is just once he left the renaissance fair you know he'd been treated so shitty for so long and he didn't feel like you know just you know just yet more hardships you know just one after the other collateral damage you know, as as Jeff Conaway said before he overdosed and died, life is pain and pain is hell. And so I guess he just got sick of it and embraced the dark side because just like, you know, cocaine or anything that makes you feel invincible, it's a brief respite from, from you know, feeling the slog of, uh, you know, the, the humdrum. Right. And what about this? The manifold hazards of elf and freight train hopping. So that is a job. Ah, don't give it away. We're going to go listen right now. Oh, sorry, man. Here we go.
fuck of my heart It's growing, 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 growing along Love is knocking at our door Let's let it in Lay down. 
Thank you. 
Joe Kennedy, yeah, thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, the fucking uh, sojourn of fucking Roger Dean, Fjorn. Yeah. That chunk start off the manifold hazards of Alfred Freight Train hopping. This and, one's real special to me because it's yeah. a John Fahey-style American primitive acoustic guitar. Yeah, I was thinking of Jim O'Rourke. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, because he did that bad timing record, which has got a lot of those patterns on it. Yeah, and he's a, he's a big uh, acolyte of John Faye. Yeah, with good reason. I mean, I, I literally have everything John's ever done. I, I'm obsessed with his work. Tom Watson, too, is a big fan, the guy I play with in The Missing Man. Which, which stuff does he prefer, the later? All of uh, it. You know, it's like John Coltrane. There's different phases because a life is many chapters. You know what I find interesting about his stuff is that my my favorite of his stuff is the '60s stuff, and he discredits it all because apparently he had a traumatic childhood, and he considers those records disposable fantasias that he wove to comfort and cocoon himself from that pain. A lot of people say that you know they want to backtrack, but you know it came out, it came out, and there was a reason for it. And exactly, I, it's so vital. I couldn't see it be being pretense. Yeah, you know, yeah I think it was exactly. honest. That's where he was. Maybe yeah. later in his life, yeah, he wanted to take it back. But I'm glad it's all out there. Uh, yeah. Jad Fair and Samuel Lockward. After that, with knocking. Then uh, here's the eighth part. Mentally regarded. Dave and Joe with small tales. And where are we with small tales? That's actually uh, the tenth song. Oh, tenth um, song. Small Tales is like an Irish jig. So at this point in the narrative, they're on a train, and they're kind of dancing a jig in a in the caboose, um, and you know drinking Ripple and just this elfin dance party, and it's got like a chieftain's kind of feel to it. Yep, you know about the jig, right? No, the me. jig, the tradition of the jig was it, it's from theater. 
Yeah. It's like, you know, like everybody's dead, a uh, Shakespeare tragedy, okay? They can't have people going home all sad. So all the players, you know, after the last scene, you know, it went all the hell and whatever dust settles. They get up there and they do this little fucking dance and cuss words and shit to get everybody fucking laughing and shit. So yeah, actually, yeah. the jig should be at the end. Yeah, it was to cleanse the palate so nobody go home sad. That's cool. Now, you had to yeah. have a sad part, right? Because they believe plays were about telling uh, morals and teaching people and stuff. But they didn't want them going home sad, so it was a little palate cleanse. That's, you know, that's why people expect that kind of a treatment. Well, that's where the jig comes oh. from, believe it or not. Post-homo hubris jazz after that with a side eight excerpt. That's uh, Randolph Graham. Uh, the Eugene uh, Difficult Music Ensemble. The Mentally Regarded with part 11. Sorry for getting the fucking numbers wrong. Oh, that's okay. Forlorn without Fjorn. Again, we name check number two. The cat who's got butt hurt, he wants fucking Roger Dean to pay for it. <laughs> you can't beat that word butt hurt. You just can't. Um, yeah, this is a, yeah, it says it right there in the title. It's really kind of like a last reprieve for his old friend before he just puts all of that nostalgic bullshit behind him and forges on because, you know, another bonus thing of knowing where you are in the narrative beforehand yeah. is that you can project and can, and make these album side closers considered and self-conscious about where they are in the story, which is cool. You know, Dante did this, you know, right. He starts writing in 1308, but he begins his play in 1300. Especially oh, really? when he's got the fucking fortune tellers in hell. Yeah. You don't want to be one either. Yeah. This way you, you know what it is. It's just you and Joe kind of, Used a Dante Alighieri device. Very wise, very wise. Look, we're at the end of the second hour. December 6, 2023 edition. Uh, edition of from Pedro. So special guest, Dave Gabro. Hold tight for hour three. December 6, 2023, third hour of the Watt from Pedro show. Dangle lifeless 
Pedro show started off the third hour, mentally regarded with the land of the captive son. Then we had Brendan Elder, no, the Bre- Brendan Adder, sorry, not Elder, not yet. He'll get there. <laughs> Miss her. Before we go on, let us say, hip us to part 12 there, the land of the captive son. This is one of my favorite tunes on it. It's got a, the vibe on this one was supposed to be like uh, Love Forever Changes. So there's a autumnal psychedelia. You're about talking it. about Arthur Lee. Hell yeah! I and saw him get. Way. I saw him redo that thing at the fucking House of Booze before they tore it down. I saw him toward the end, and I was unfortunately responsible for one of the worst uh, codas to a show, possibly the worst coda that I, probably that I've ever seen. So he, I saw him at Bottom of the Hill in San Francisco. It must have been 95. Ramona. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, he played for like 20 minutes with a band he had just met backstage prior to the show itself. And 20 minutes later, he says goodnight. And I just, I didn't think about it. You're probably going to, you know, wag a finger at me. But I yelled out before I even considered what I was doing. I want my five bucks back. He kind of stammered through an apology and put his guitar back on. And then did the absolute worst fucking version of Hey Joe I've ever heard in my life. And it was about a half hour long. Yeah, you know, me and Pettibone saw him. was that fucking place, the teaser of Crescent Heights. He didn't get one song out. Somebody gave him shrooms. The drummer oh, guy oh. got up through his sticks at him and ran out of the place, you know. When was that? What year was that, would you say? Yeah, it was, yeah in the 80s. It was sad. This is before you know, he went to jail for shooting the gun in the backyard. Yeah. Look, uh, no more eyes. Yes. The mentally regarded. Now, this is part 13. What's this about? So this particular album site has three songs. It starts with The Land of the Captive Sun, and then No More Eyes is the link. I always, we always saw it as a link track. Okay. So it's a two, like a two-minute Like minute a bridge. Song. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's two minutes, 44 seconds. It's not uh, an insignificant song, but... It's a Bowie-esque song, melodically, that takes you from the ca- land of the captive sun, which is, you know, a, a land that the elves actually find them in, and brings the whole thing to the center point of the entire record, which is the giant eyeball spaceship lights the way. That's 11 and a half minutes long. It contains six Roman numeraled parts. Right. Now... Carnage Assad off their new latest album, Come On Baby, and then, yeah, the giant eyeball spaceship lights the way. And this is the mega jam for the fucking piece. Uh, not of the entire record. The mega jam will be the very last song. Of the uh, of the first two-thirds. Yeah, of the first two-thirds, this is the mega jam for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, let's get to Skyboating, right? Yeah. Which wait, is, wait, but first, the giant yeah. eyeball spaceship, so the all the... Uh, Raja Dean inspires in a rallying pep tep 
pep talk for all of the elves to pluck their eyeballs out so that they can build a giant eyeball spaceship that'll take them, uh, you know, so that they can move faster and they can fly through the through the sky. The problem is uh, Fjorn ca- catches wind of this, so to speak, and sends out a dust storm to get into the to get into the eye. And then there's this whole fucking sequence where where Raja Dean is on the outside of the eyeball fucking karate chopping um, all these javelins that Fjorn is sending out to poke the eyeball out. And it turns into what sounds like 8-bit video game music. Some Game Boy. Exactly, yeah. Okay, let's listen to Skyboat.
show last music for this edition that chunk started off mentally regarded doing skyboating which is the 15th part something like that yeah fending yep. off the fucking javelins ibrahim after them off that uh benefit for the gaza situation inspire and then finally 16th part but people remember it's only two-thirds done mentally regarded with overkill overkill that's uh not a happy so Overkill yeah. is the Men at Work song. Do you remember that song? Day after day it reappears. Little wave. It's a great song. Okay. Uh, about, it's literally the best song ever about insomnia. So this is the part of the story where they've plucked all their eyeballs out. And the problem is, without eyeballs, how the fuck do you fall asleep? You need to be able to shut, shut your eyes. How do you shut your eyes if there's no eyes to shut? It's a song about insomnia based on the fact that there's no eyeballs to close. So all it's Minute Works Overkill, but slowed down to a funereal drone with a churchly organ and a disembodied, almost Sonic Boom, Spaceman 3 kind of a vibe to it and with completely changed lyrics. Completely changed from what? From from Minute Works version. This is oh, not about Yeah, yeah, yeah why? Elves not being able to sleep. Of course you ain't going to fucking... You're going to, you know, 
build all this world up to lead to a man at work. <laughs> of course. Exactly. I mean, talk about it at the climax. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I think they ended up getting sued for the biggest hit. They never wrote it. I don't look. I actually kind of liked Men at Work. I didn't think they were that bad. Um, plus, he, Colin Hay, remained a really, uh, you know, a really prolific singer songwriter who did a lot of work at Largo. He, you know, he's one in that Largo scene. No, you know I didn't. About but that? I, I read something about who could it be or whatever. He, he they yeah, stole that be? song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had to pay the real songwriter. Anyway, about, about that. Now, now you kind of said if about this third record. What do you mean? Like it might not happen. No, it's happening. It's oh, happening. Okay. It's just <laughs> look. You know, you have a show. You know, you know what goes into it, and you're the guy. I have no help whatsoever. I put up four shows a week. My interviews are take forever, as you know. You had a you had a short one, so yours was two and a half hours. Last night, I did an interview with Michelle Phillips about. You know, rating everything the Mamas and Papas ever did. We got five fucking hours into it and had to stop at September 1966. So to edit all this stuff, you know, like, where am I going to find time to, you know, make elf music? So it's it's a tough thing, but we'll, we'll manage. Well, it's been 15 years already. Yeah, why stop? Yeah, that? you know what I mean? And you're <laughs> like, Mr. Wells learned this. No wine before it's time. <laughs> <laughs> I met him once, you know. What I just learned today is that the first Beatle to do an ad was Ringo right before he went to rehab. So he was not thinking so clearly. And it was for fucking wine coolers in 1986. Okay. <laughs> and and not, maybe it was that Masson Brothers, right? Two Buck Chuck. Uh, yeah. But, you, you know, he works hard for the money. I, I met him. He's a big man. I mean, not just wide, but tall. Yeah. Mr. Like, Wells. No, Mr. Wells. He, oh, okay. It was at Pink's. He had wrong. a chili dog in each hand. I go, Mr. <laughs> Wells. He goes, young man, I would shake your hand, but I am busy. <laughs> That's classic, man. <laughs> it was the early 80s. Uh, something else. So, look, there's no rush for this third record, but you and Joe... You've made no headway, but you got it storyboarded out, right? So you know how this is going to resolve. Yeah, like I said, the last record is, it's never been done. And that is 10 two-minute songs. And then the flip is one 20-minute piece. I don't know. Like, if you think of... Cam's so you only got three parts left, actually. Yeah, that's okay. right. Okay. It's fun to do. You know, when you get to be as old as me... You know, it's, you know, you just got to come up with a creative enough excuse to hang out with your good friends. Um, and you I know, think that's just, valid. Yeah. It's just like, you know, a man and a woman or the sex of your choice. They have a, a kid as a project to keep the relationship alive. Well, friends, when they have projects and there's a clear understanding between the two, that can be, you know, a real tool. Plus, you get something out of it. Look, I'm going to bring up a movie thing, even though I'm pretty lacking in that area. Alfred Hitchcock talked about this thing called the MacGuffin. Oh, yeah. Not important, really, but it yeah. is important as far as you get in a movie. But what the MacGuffin is, it don't really matter. So I, I right. think it's kind of related to something like that. But the funny thing about that, and it's a perfect example, is that the, the MacGuffin 
in this case is this monumental, endless piece of work. It's yes, it doesn't matter. You're totally right. It's just about hanging out with my good buddy Joe. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it's such a, a monster, it's not just you know an EP or some shit. It's uh, you know, I mean, how many? Can, can you name more than ten triple albums? It's, I know, you know the it's a, ELP one. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> There's a brain sound surgery one. Peter Sinfield, no, I think, wrote the words. That's a too. single. No, it's a triple album. Not that one. No. Welcome back, my friends, to the show. That yeah. Triple. Yeah. It's yeah. called. It's called uh, Carnival Nine. I love that song, man. Right, but the whole album was brain sound surgery. The single was actually on the album. I had a buddy who was way into that band, so even though I don't know much about him. I kind of do because I love my friend. Look, I'm the kind of guy that loves the Minutemen <laughs> and ELP. It, it doesn't make sense. It shouldn't make sense, but it makes sense. It's okay. When the third record comes out, I'm inviting you to come back on the show. We can play it and talk about it. I would love that. That okay, would be David. absolutely fucking genius. It Thank would be you an so honor. much. Just, Beautiful. Just... We got to keep on keeping on, MacGuffin or not. People, <laughs> it's been the December 6, 2023 edition of Wap Pedro. So keep your powder dry. <laughs>